You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome to Riding Gravel Radio Ranch. This is your co-host, Guitar Ted, with Ben Wellnack. How you doing, Ben? Doing well. How's it going? Not too bad. Not too bad. Today, we're going to welcome our guest, uh, Trenton Rager. He is the director of the Filthy 50, and we're going to talk to him today a little bit about that event and some other things uh, later on. How you doing, Trenton? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on. So uh, you're, you, run a, you run a gravel event called the Filthy 50. Uh, tell us a little bit about what that is. Yeah, the Filthy 50 is a beautiful, free, unsupported gravel cycling event that takes place in uh, the town that I grew up, my hometown of Stewartville, Minnesota, which is in southeastern Minnesota. Um, takes place on the second day or second Sunday um, in October each year. So uh, it's always the second Sunday. That's a good way to remember it and mark it on your calendars. Uh, this year is October 11th. So if you don't have access to a calendar and you don't have your phone in your hand, it's October 11th. That's right. Um, it's a 50-mile gravel course um, that exists primarily on the, the gravel roads of Fillmore and Olmstead County. Um, it's approximately 95% uh, gravel road. Uh, got a little pavement in there, but uh, only when necessary. So right. yeah, it's, it's a good gravel experience for, for pretty much anyone interested in, in trying it out. Right on. Well, that's, that's, that's cool. Uh, first of all, I want to back up just a hair here. Uh, we want to let everybody know that we're sponsored today by Carbo Rocket. And, uh, if you like our Facebook page, uh, when, when are we going to make a drawing on that, Ben? Yep. We'll do the same thing as we usually do. We'll do, so here's what you do to get a tub. A tub is a, a, uh, official measurement of, uh, <laughs> of nutrition. Yeah. So here's a scoop. Get a free tub. We we want to get listeners involved, and we want to get you stuff, and we want to get the promoters involved. Brad at Carbaraca has been fantastic. I use this stuff. I don't know if you guys do, but I will pitch it to the end of time because me and my brother both use it a ton, whatever. So here's the scoop. You like our Facebook page by Sunday night at 11.59 p.m. So if you're already like the face the Riding Gravel uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash gravel rides, if you already like it, you're already entered. If you don't like it, go like it by then. And Monday morning on our Facebook page, we will announce the winner. That's All it. Right. So I'm done Perfect. with that spiel. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Okay. Well, back to Trenton here. <laughs> uh, tell us how you got involved in uh, cycling, a little bit about your cycling history, Trenton. Sure. Um uh, I won't go too far back. It could, it could stem all the way back to, to my childhood, but, um, I guess it kind of, it kind of, uh, started back up when I decided I wanted to start commuting and riding my bicycle to work. And, and I, I worked at the University of Minnesota. I lived about five miles away and I, I got the old, uh, the old Raleigh single speed out of the garage and started doing it and it felt great. And then the months got colder, as you know, and we found ourselves in, in winter and, and I stopped doing it. And, and then I started wondering about, you know, commuting in the winter and did a little research and I, you know, figured out that was pretty, pretty easy to do. So I started commuting year round and, and became more excited about, about, uh, just riding in general. Um, and then I started racing a little bit. Well, not really racing, but participating in organized events. That one might consider a race. 
Um, <laughs> after that, hey, a race is whatever you make of it. Right. That's exactly. right. Race you want to race. Yeah. As we say with the filthy race it and set a record, ride it and take in the beauty. But either way. Um, yeah. So, uh, I started, started riding a lot and started riding with my father a lot. Um, I'd head down to Stuartville, um, uh, back where, where he lives mm-hmm. and we'd ride the, the gravel roads down there and, and Fillmore and Olmstead counties and gravel kind of became a, a thing that I started seeking out again. Yeah. So, uh, what really kind of got us super excited and, and thinking about doing the filthy 50 was, uh, Participating in the Almanza 100, which if you're listening to this, you've probably heard of, uh, of that famed, famed, uh, event, uh, put on by Redditor Chris Gogan. Um, yeah, so we did that in, uh, the year 2013 and started thinking about, um, getting involved more, kind of contributing back, uh, and putting on an event of our own. And, and that's kind of how the Filthy 50 got started. And, right. Yeah. Well, what, what was it? I'm going to cut go in here too. I just want to remind <laughs> listeners as they're listening, you can go to the dash filthy dash 50.com and that'll give you all the information. Cause I know a lot of times if you're sitting at work, basically not doing anything and listening to this and you're looking at your computer wondering, Hey, I wonder about this. Go to the, the filthy 50.com and the dash filthy dash 50.com. So all right. right on. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Trenton, I, I was just interested in how, uh, you know, you were writing with your dad, as you said, yeah. and, and you were spending some time with him, which is awesome on, on, and you just happened to be on the gravel roads. And what was it that made you guys decide all of a sudden to go ride a hundred miles of the Almanzo? What, what was your inspiration for that? Um, it was, it was the, it was the challenge. We'd also had some friends that lived in the area that had, had participated in the past and really encouraged, um, encouraged us to give it a try. So, uh, I felt like I was, I was pretty prepared and, uh, my old man, uh, he felt like he would, he could, he could maybe pull it off. So, uh, we got some friends together and, and went out that day, not really knowing if, if we were going to actually finish the event. And, right, and we, right. we did, we did, we, we barely made the cutoff. We beat the cutoff by 15 minutes that year. It was pretty, pretty <laughs> fantastic feeling. Cool. So then you, you guys had that under your belts and, uh, and you go back home. And so what was the process of coming to a decision to put on your own event then? Yeah, that, that day out on the course, we talked a lot. Well, I mean, we spent close to 12 hours on the course, which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talked a lot about, about the roads and, and my dad, uh, grew up down, down in those parts too. So. He's got a story about every road and every farm and every farmer and right. field. And so we were talking about these roads that we were riding and, and what he knew of those roads when he was a kid. And he would, he would reminisce and talk about another road that, that he used to hunt down and he knew a farmer. And, and pretty soon you talk about this beautiful stretch of road. We got to get out there and ride. And, and hey, if we linked these roads up and pretty soon by the end of the 12 hours, we kind of had an idea of, of what a, a gorgeous route would look like. And, and it, it consisted of a lot of the roads that, that we had ride, we had ridden previously, but, um, yeah, it just kind of, kind of came together. We, we went out and did a test ride. It turned out to be just over 50 miles. And, um, I think, I think it was his idea. He said, we should call it the filthy 50. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> nice. that's kind of how it came about. 
That's really cool. So tell us about, you, you mentioned the, the, the beauty of the roads and, and your, uh, your father's reminiscing about the roads. What, tell us about these roads. What, what are they like? What are they like? Um, you know, there, there are certain stretches, um, of, of the filthy that I, that I just can't wait to get back out on. Um, uh, Morgan Road being one of them is down in a river valley. Just gorgeous bluffs and, and hills all around. And, and, you know, the filthy takes place in the beginning, middle of October. So we're talking about peak fall color time. So, um, right. and knock on wood, we've been fortunate enough to have two really nice days for the last two events. And, and, uh, the fall colors have been just spectacular for the riders. So, um, it's just, it's just, beautiful it's beautiful nature everywhere i mean every time i'm out on that course i see i see deer i see eagles i see fox i see i see everything it's it's just a wonderful place to be um it's also a really fun course to ride fast if you like to ride fast um so it's kind of it's kind of got it all really yeah yeah nice. and what type of i'm i'm curious about the actual the the surface because w- you know, we get all these questions all the time and yep. maybe it's just the roadie half of people that are worried about the, you know, the, the type of gravel and all this stuff, but give people an idea of what that area of Minnesota is like as far as the actual gravel. Is sure. it big We're, chunky stuff or is it we, little hard packed? questions a lot. Yeah. yeah it's constant. It's, <laughs> it's a fun conversation. Right. Exactly. Yep, like yep. to prepare and this is part of the, the preparation, right? They get to decide what tire they're right. going yep. to choose for the event. Well, for the filthy, um, uh, that time of year, um, the road graders in Olmsted and Fillmore County are still out and they're still, they're still grading. Um, we're talking about southeastern Minnesota limestone crushed gravel. So not really big. Um, but you know, marble size, a little, a little larger chunks of gravel, not like, it's not P rock. It's not sandy. Um, it's, it's pretty solid lime. And actually underneath, uh, the loose gravel, uh, around that time of year, it tends to be pretty hard packed. Yeah. So you've got a pretty decent, like hard foundation of packed lime rock underneath kind of the loose gravel that sits in, on top. And, and when you hit those, those really packed sections where the loose gravels maybe pushed off to the side or just non-existent, it almost feels like you're riding on the road. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like riding pavement. And it's, mm-hmm. it, that's sort of strange at times for people. Um, but for, for the riders that are, are thinking about doing this, um, you can, you can consider, uh, maybe a, a slightly higher tire pressure than you normally might run. Um, you can think about more of a, uh, a racing tire. You're not going to get into mud or muck really. Um, uh, some days the roads are a little softer than others, depending upon moisture. But if you do really, find yourself in muck, you're probably off course. <laughs> in that case, you have other issues. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, right. it's a different kind of thing than say yeah. like the Dirty Kansas or right. something. When okay. did that event this last year? And and there was a lot of big breaker rock and and uh, you know Jeep trail and it was a it was a different it's a different kind of gravel ride. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. Sounds like it's like it, it's like perfect <laughs> sounds like it's a good you know it's not too loose it's not too hard it's not too you know it's like a good mix it's a right good now. it's a good starting point for for i think anyone who wants to try out gravel yeah 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 and, it, and that leads to a, a the next question if it's a good you know like you said the gravel is a really good starting point is that a, one of the big reasons that it's been so popular 
I mean, listeners, we, just to give you a little background, I mean, we can have Trenton talk about it, but second year, or the first year you did it, there was how many people? We had just over 200 participants okay. and 300 sign up at 200 people. Okay. And that was after you just put it out there not long before the event too, right? It was like a couple months or something. Yeah. I think, I think I emailed Mark. It was really <laughs> kind of strange. I emailed Mark and said, Hey, can you put this on your, your event calendar? And you were like, Oh, I already know about that. That's already yeah. So yeah. people, people have been talking. Already. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, yeah. So what makes it so, why do you think it's so popular? Is it because um, of that? It's a good starting point as far as the terrain or yeah, what, I think, what I think deal? inclusivity is a, is a big reason why, uh, the filthy 50 has been as popular as it has. So, um, it doesn't matter if you're, you're six years old and you're riding on a tag along behind your dad's mountain bike, which actually happened this year. Um, <laughs> or if you're, you that know, kid's pretty dusty. He, yeah. he actually really enjoyed himself until yeah. about mile 17. And he's like, dad, does it always hurt this much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was, but you know, you can, you can be young, you can be old, you can be super fit. We had, uh, uh, Gwen Jorgensen, who is the, um, world champion triathlete last year. She came out and did yeah. it. You can oh, be wow. totally out of shape and, and give it a shot. So it's kind of a, kind of an event for all really. Gotcha. You find that in your experience so far that 50 miles is kind of that point where you can just come out and do it as like your first event and make it. I mean, you're going to hurt, but you can make it. But then those people, yeah. yeah, people, people told me before, um, I guess before I started really thinking about that, like, yeah, 50 is great. You know, you can, you can fake 50. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I yeah. suppose, I suppose you could. Yeah. But if you're the, the thing is with, with that distance and that amount of time, you can fake, I mean, you can just get through it, but then a lot of people, it's a pretty tough, if you're doing it hard and you're racing it or, you know, going as hard as you can, that's a long distance. So it's a good yep. mix. Yep. Yep. Exactly. We had, we had the guys racing it this year, uh, finish it in about two and a half hours. Okay. And we had people out on the course till about an hour after the cutoff. So people, <laughs> there are other people out on the course for about seven hours. Okay. That's yeah. a long 50 miles, seven yeah. hours. Yeah. That's like a six hour marathon. I just yeah. rather have it over. <laughs> exactly. And I think that was the sentiment when they got back for the most part. But yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was, you know, it was, there were smiles all around. That's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you, if you crush it in two and a half or if you're out there forever, it's people still really enjoy themselves out there. So that's what, that's what counts. Yep. And it's cool. a long enough distance too. That's worth a drive for people. You know, I think so. I, I wonder about that sometimes. Uh, I've had, I've had a little bit of feedback from, from friends who have made it and they're like, ah, oh, you know, driving for, for a 50 mile event from Minneapolis, which is like a, a two hour drive almost. Um, it's so had, funny, but then I have people show up from Fargo. Yeah. And an eye, you know, You're right. So, so I, I don't know. So yeah. here's something from Trenton. Where are you from? Are you originally from Minnesota? I'm from Stewartville, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That's you did say that. Never mind. Yeah. Um, the thing is with Midwest, that's a huge deal. If you were to yeah. be out west, anywhere west of, let's say, uh, I don't know, mid Nebraska, Fargo line, whatever. Um, yeah. two hours is like, well, we'll just drive there in the morning and we'll do that and come back. It's no big deal. Midwest, right. that's a huge deal. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. it's kind of strange, yeah. the, the different perception there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, do think that this year you probably won't get those remarks if gas is still the same. Right. Yeah. Yes. I've noticed that. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. 
but yeah. All right. There's, there's kind of a sentiment out there that, that with some writers, I know that they'll say if the travel time doesn't equal, uh, or is less than the ride time, then they don't want to go. Oh, so for well, instance, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so for instance, uh, you know, some guys won't travel five hours to an event unless they can ride five hours or more. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I've heard a lot of people say that and that's kind of their gauge for, whether they all go to an event or not, you know, but that doesn't always hold true, but yeah, that's so, a, good, it's a good measuring stick. Yeah. Yeah. So how many people this year then? Uh, we had, uh, about 400. Okay. Show up. Yeah. We had, we had about, uh, 750 sign up and about 400 show up. And I'm always interested in, in, you know, the, the kind of difference there and, and why the people that signed up and didn't show up, didn't show up. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, life happens and we, we just think about, we're, we're happy for the folks that, that do show up and, and take part. But, uh, there's a part of me too that thinks about how could I, you know, encourage those people who, who woke up that morning and, and thought, oh, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not ready. How could I encourage them to get out there and, and give it a try? So, right. Um, I always, I was thinking about new ways to do that. Yeah. I, you know, with a free event, they don't really, you don't really have a skin in the game. So it's no big deal if you, you, you know what I mean? So you don't have the money up front. So I think from your perspective, thinking about that, if, if it were me thinking, okay, how do I do this? It would be more of how do I inspire these people to actually follow through on what they said they're going to do? Right. You know, and that is, that is an age old question, I guess, is how do you get people inspired? You know, it's, yeah. it's a really if, difficult. If one thing. of us had the answer, yeah, we'd yeah. be, we'd be the, the, I think the only person with that answer. But to your credit, <laughs> you have inspired 400 people to show up and do it though. Yeah. So, I mean, that feels good. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So, you know, you got 400 people coming, uh, and you may have more than that this year. Uh, tell us how, what are the logistics behind that? How, how do the people sign up? How, what, where do they go when they get there? I mean, tell us, a, tell us the nuts and bolts of this event. Great question. Um, so the idea of this whole thing, when it started out, it was supposed to be like, you know, a barbecue in my parents' backyard. It wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be what it is now. Um, so I, I tried to keep, you know, I guess, logistics simple. I tried to keep everything simple because I didn't think I was going to be, you know, <laughs> making it as complicated as it is. Um, so, uh, I just created a Google form for sign up. I thought, you know, have a few friends tell me, yes, I'm going to make it. No, I'm not. So we could kind of plan for how much food, um, that Google form actually is still the, the base of the form that we use for, for <laughs> registration at this point. Um, Minus questions about barbecue, of course. Uh, so, um, <laughs> right. well, unless you get somebody, isn't there somebody that like that races or something that knows somebody that does some catering? They could just like Actually, donate it. And I will say I was pretty happy this year. We did have barbecue at yeah. the end of food truck. And there you go. We're, yeah. we're pretty excited about that. When they finished, there was a big, big line for, for all kinds of barbecue. And that was pretty fantastic. We finally had that, that dream come true. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, it's overall the, the process is pretty simple. People just go to our website. They go to the registration portion of the site. Um, once registration opens on the first day of spring, they'll enter their name, their email address, their date of birth. They'll read a few details and submit and then they're in. Then they're, then we're ready for them on, on event day in October. So, um, that's pretty much all it takes. You don't have to go and buy a postcard. I mean, I really like 
actually, I love picking out postcards and, yeah. and sending, a, sending in a postcard for an event. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do, but I just wanted this to be super easy for myself to, to keep track of, of riders. I also wanted it to be super easy for the riders. Um, and we'll probably, we'll probably keep it that way as far as yeah. the registration piece goes. Okay. And so, uh, you, let's say I'm registered. Let's say, let's just use me as an example. I'm registered. I got online. Uh, it's event day. Where do I go? What, what happens? With, yeah, so- Great question. Once, once you register with us, you've given us your, your email address and we kind of keep you updated over the course of, of, I guess, the time you register up until event day. So sending you information, um, logistical information on how to get to Stewartville and, and where to park. Um, uh, I guess what to do when you get there to go get your event packet. Um, okay. All that kind of information is all there. It's all emailed to you uh, as that information is released. So we kind of release it um, closer to the event day, like the the critical stuff. Um, but we'll like let's say we'll release a new set of Q sheets or GPX or TCX files if the course changes. Um, we'll send those out to riders a couple weeks in advance so they can prepare. They can load their Garmin's. They can get their their Q sheet holder set up. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we try to. We try to feed it to the riders, um, I guess, as as time uh, gets closer to the event. Okay. So when when you have, do you get like a number played? Is it like a real race, or are you, are you taking times, or how does that work, Trin? Great question. Uh, yeah. So we have volunteers. So I guess um, the volunteers that that make the filthy happen are. Most, for the most part, my family. Um, okay. uh, my, my father, my mother, my, my brother, um, uh, in-laws, uh, aunts and uncles, etc. Uh, a lot of friends, uh, help out as well. Um, and those people are timing people, they're registration people. Um, so we do have them recording times. Uh, we do have them when they check in a rider, the rider gets a, a bib number and, and, the number, the number scheme actually, we, we changed that this year. We used to go with kind of the cyclocross style number that goes on the back of the jersey. Um, uh-huh. we changed it to the kind of a more of a mountain bike style plate number that goes on the, the front of the bike. And that was to help the, the volunteers, um, be able to see who's coming right. across the line. It was, it was, it was a kind of a learning thing from, from the first year that we did it. We had a lot of, Hey, who's, whose number was that? What, what number was that that just crossed? Yeah. And, a lot of questions after the fact. And just to get the data right, we figured, you know, uh, name plates up front. So one of our, one of our, um, friends and an advisor, a friend of mine who's, who's helped out a lot with the filthy said, Hey, you know, this is a really great thing. I, I want to, I want to provide, I want to provide the bid numbers for this. I want to, I want to nice. get custom numbers. So we went and got custom numbers this year and, and everybody got them on the front of their bikes and they were great. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. So, uh, now let's get, let's get to a question that I know Ben is also interested in knowing you. We've seen what happened with the Almanzo. It kept growing and, and more and more people kept coming and eventually got to kind of a tipping point where Chris Gogan, uh, kind of felt like, you know, I, I, I don't really want to, or I can't, uh, put out any more effort. Uh, anymore and I'm going to turn it over and he turned it over to Spring Valley Tourism. So looking at your event, it's growing. You've yeah. got more people coming. What's your feeling on that? 
You know, it's, it's, uh, I thought a lot about this because it really, it really bummed me out when I heard Chris was going to cancel Almanzo. And then, um, I thought, you know, I'll go, I'll go and ride it anyway. Uh, right. Because I, I know other friends are going to do the same and it, it's just a great course and it'll be a fun day out there. And then when the city of Spring Valley picked it up, I was, I was super excited to hear that, that he had handed that off. Um, to their, their tourism board. Um, but that kind of, it kind of reminded me that, um, you know, for an event like the Filthy, the Filthy 50 happens because of the community that loves and supports it. So whether it be the riders, whether it be, you know, local bike shops in Rochester or sponsors, whoever, um, there are people that really love this thing, believe in this thing. They want this thing to happen. They see, they see good things from this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel the same about spring Valley when spring Valley, the city of spring Valley, small town near Stewartville. So, um, probably it might even be smaller than Stewartville. I don't know, but I started thinking about the, the sort of, I guess, hit on that community with Almanza not happening there. Right. Like, you know, that's kind of a, that's kind of a bummer for them. I mean, it's, it's not Chris's responsibility by any means, but, um, I started thinking about that and, and, you know, that was, that was sort of too bad. So it, it didn't surprise me when, when I heard that the city was actually picking it up. I'm like, of course, you know, the community, the community that is going to benefit from it wants it to happen. They're going to make sure that this thing goes off. So right. I'm glad that, um, they're able to do that. That Chris feels good about handing it off to them. That's that's super important too. I know it's it's his labor of love over the years, and and you want to see it done right. And and he feels like at this point they're going to do it right, which is really cool. Um, they're going to keep it free, and and you can send your postcard in just like you used to send it to his house. It's it's fantastic. So, um, you know, I think it all goes to just it goes back to that community. It, it's you know if the community wants it. The community needs it. There's a demand within that community. It's gonna, it's gonna find a way to exist. Um, and I, I feel that way about the filthy too. Uh, the filthy will probably always exist for me, um, as a sort of a, a family bonding thing, whether it's 400 people or 40 or four of us out riding. Um, it'll probably always happen the second Sunday of, of October, but. That's just, you know, something has become. And, and I, I read that Velodirt article, Ben. Thanks for sending that over. Yep. Um, you know, and is it? I should, I should say it for listeners. I will link it yeah. in the show notes, but there was an article over, a uh, post over on Velodirt.com and he was, and hopefully we might actually have him on a future episode of the, of this podcast. But, is that um, what's that? Gabe. I think it's actually, March, actually it's, Donnie. it's Donnie. I think Donnie. we're we're gonna have on. Yeah. Okay, yep. cool, cool. But the the gist of the post is that free these free rides and free events are gonna go one way or the other. So likely they're gonna die or it'll be a big production, paid production. Kind of that's the gist yeah. of the idea. Right. You know, and that's that was an interesting thing too, thinking about, you know, it's either gonna die, it's gonna go away. Or, you know, it'll go the way of, you know, the Velodur rides where they'll say, hey, the course is out there. Mm-hmm. Here are the cues. This is the day it starts. Go, go wild. You know, I think, which I think is great. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's totally fantastic that 
that people are kind of leaving these things behind for, for others to discover and enjoy. Um, but as far as, you know, the pay to play thing, I, I, I don't view those as being really indestructible either. You know, you go back to the eighties and you look at, look at the, uh, I think it was the Red Zinger classic. It was a celestial seasonings race out in Colorado. Um, that thing got too big for celestial seasonings. They were going to, they were going to give it up. Um, and I think, at that point, they sold it to Coors for like yeah. a dollar or something weird like that. And Coors put it on as the Coors Classic mm-hmm. until it got even too big for Coors to continue making happen. So th- that's sort of a something to think about, too. It's not a pay-to-play event doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's sustainable either. Um, Coors obviously couldn't continue that thing, couldn't keep it going at the level that it grown to become. So, you know, I think, I think if properly, um, <laughs> I don't want to use the word regulated, but I'm going to, if properly, <laughs> how about shepherded? If, if properly shepherded, I like that a little better. Thank you. If properly shepherded by, by a creator or race director, um, free or pay to play, I think something, it can be made sustainable for a long time. It so. just really has to be the right person at the right time, though. I think so. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what happens if you have, let's say, uh, maybe some business venture came up and you're working your job and then you have this business at night and then maybe you have a, a wife who has this job that gets really busy, then you can't. I mean, what I'm saying is a lot of times these people that start doing it, maybe a couple of years in, they become inundated with all these other opportunities that, you know, make money, pay the bills that they can eventually work less. Then that free event goes by the wayside. And unless somebody else is willing to put in the late nights, all the extra time, you know, have their family out there, it's gone. And, and luckily we're seeing people. And again, this is, this is going back to my community comment earlier. We're seeing people step up and, Mm -hmm. and, a Minnesota gravel race that happened last year that I actually really enjoyed called the Meesville 56. Um, it was put on by this guy named Marsh Jones. Awesome guy. Uh, just wanted to throw this thing together. He had a great turnout his first year. I went out and wrote it. Um, a bunch of others went out and wrote it, had a great time. He announced that he was going to, you know, curb it because he's really into rowing. He's got other hobbies and things he needs to needs to pursue mm-hmm. and and two riders stepped forward uh sean pease and angie hop they stepped forward and marsh happily handed the reins over to them so now this year they're directing they're shepherding the uh the measville 56 which is exciting to see that that an exchange like that can just just happen mm-hmm. um, right that quickly that easily within the community because of everyone who values it and i'm just yeah. gonna make a special shout out to sean because he's a big supporter He's bought some T-shirts. He shares all our stuff. He he's always I see his name popping up on Facebook comments and likes and all that stuff. So thank you, Sean. They're Appreciate awesome. it. Yeah, Sean and Andrew are the greatest. Yeah, yeah and, and while we're on that subject, uh, Trent, I want to thank you for putting a link to our events calendar on your on your uh, event page. We really well, appreciate pleasure. that. Thank you guys for doing what you do. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, you know. You, you put some effort into this and your family is involved. Uh, what, what kind of, I mean, what, what kind of tax is that on, on your life? We've talked about, you know, uh, life happens. Uh, Ben was just saying that about, uh, 
you know, a, a situation he outlined there. What's, what's it like for you? I mean, how much time do you put into this? Um, it's, it's interesting to, to think <laughs> about that. Uh, you just like to not think about it and just do right, it. Right. right. <laughs> I'm sure my wife thinks about it right. more than you. Um, but like, like you were saying, Ben, you know, you get a job, you've got other, other hobbies, you got a wife, you got children, you've got, you know, you want to go ride your bike too, right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't necessarily sit there and plan, plan a race all day. Um, yeah, it does take a good bit of time, but luckily, like I said earlier, my father is a, a big part of, of the filthy 50 happening. It would not, it would absolutely not happen without him. Um, okay. He logistically, I mean, he is still in Stewartville. I'm in Minneapolis now. So he does a lot of the legwork, um, gets a lot of, a lot of the things set up down in that, in that part of Minnesota. So I don't have to travel and, and meet with people down there as often. So, um, yeah, he, he's really been a savior in, in that. And I really, I want to give him a shout out right now for yeah. doing that for the filthy. Cause again, if it wasn't for my dad, uh, yeah, this thing, this thing won't go off, but and he's uh, got time on his hands. He doesn't have kids. I don't know if you have brothers or sisters, but he doesn't have kids in the house anymore. He like, kids in the house. Right. He's, he's got a full time job still, but, uh, yeah. he's, yeah, he, he makes time because yeah, he really, cool. he really cares about this thing and, and that's sees awesome. the value too, not just from a community perspective, but also, um, for our family. It's been just a really, a great thing, a, a bonding positive thing. So I guess, you know, to answer your question, I, I sort of look at it like that too. Um, this thing is, has brought a lot of positivity into my life. Um, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, we'll continue doing it as long as things stay positive. Um, as long as it, it keeps pouring that back in, I think as soon as it becomes taxing, um, and a problem or, or causes family rifts or has some other negative type of effect, um, that's when we're going to, you know, sit back and, and evaluate and, and think about sure. doing it. But up until this point, it's, it's been wonderful. <laughs> Honestly, it's been good. a really, a really positive, good thing. So that's cool. So well, you, you get personal, you get personal satisfaction out of it just because it kind of, it's kind of bonded your family together tighter. I take it. Yep. It, that's, that's probably the, the number one reason I would say it strangely enough. I, I'd never expected that, but that's kind of at this point, the number, number one reason why, I Absolutely. put as much as I do into the filthy fifty. Is your wife out there riding on it or riding? She it? doesn't. No, she no, she okay. watches the boys. The boys okay. are five and seven, and they're they're excited about doing it someday, but they're not quite ready. Gotcha. <laughs> well, so, five and five and seven, they're ride. They're are they? Do they ride much? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, so yeah, so they're like you said, they're getting they'll get anxious pretty soon. So you're good. yep yeah they're talking. Right. <laughs> there you go. They think it's pretty cool to go and watch the riders. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I bet they do. It's, you know, it's always fun watching all those bikers go by, you know, see the train of people go by. So what's, uh, what's the benefit for, uh, the, the area? And we talked about Spring Valley, you know, obviously was benefiting from the Almanzo and does, does Stuartville get the same kind of an effect from that you think, Trenton? I imagine, yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, we're not, 2000 people like Almanzo is. So uh, at this point within our second year, Stewartville's not, not feeling the benefit like Almanzo and and Spring Valley did last year. But, but I'd say, yeah, I'd say, you know, people also see the long term. They also see the positivity that this thing brings to the communities. Mm -hmm. They see an event. Um, really strange thing that happened. We definitely, uh, 
dot our I's and cross our T's with, with the legal pieces of the filthy. Um, but this year we actually had a, a, a county police officer show up and kind of started giving my mom some grief about the riders being out. And, and we had a couple guys run stop signs, which we tell them not to do. It's important to obey the traffic laws, you know? Um, right. but he was, he was upset and, and kind of my mom for some reason was the, was the person that he's walked up to. Well, I, I got in there, we started talking and, and after about 15 minutes of discussion and, and him telling me, you know, that I'd be, I should be expecting a call from the county that, you know, this isn't okay. Um, uh, he was telling me that he wished he would have known about this event ahead of time because he's got this 29er and he would have loved to be out there with the riders. <laughs> it, it totally turned around from him being kind of mad and irate to, man, I wish I was out there riding the gravel with these guys. So, um, it, it gives something to, you know, someone like him, if he had the day off, he would have been able to, if he'd have known about it, come over and, and ride in a, a bicycle event in, in a town that he lives in, a really small Minnesota town where honestly not much happens. Yeah, so right. I think, I think people see all kinds of benefit, um, uh, with the filthy. Well, I wouldn't never have heard of Stewartville unless it wasn't, unless this event wasn't going on or was going on. So, really? yeah, it's, it's a kind of an interstate 90 town. It's just, yeah. yep. Stop by 90. Yeah. I've been there a few times. Uh, I've got a lot of relatives in Northern Iowa. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, like, you know, I'm familiar with A&W and Spring Valley. I've been there several yep. times. <laughs> so yeah. So I, I, that's an area that I'm somewhat familiar with. I mean, I'm, I'm not real intimate with it, but I've been there several times. So yeah, Stewartville was always kind of the town by the airport for me, right. you know, the Rochester <laughs> airport. <laughs> yeah, the big Rochester airport, yeah. Yeah, we used to go up there when I was real little and watch jets take off because it was, you know, a novelty back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've Any, driven by there. I've just never – it's like Grinnell, right? Until I knew right. about Trans-Iowa and Grinnell several years ago, like you just drive by on the freeway and never bat an eye. But now right. every time we go past, or when we lived in Colorado, we drive past there on the way to Wisconsin. It's like, hey, there's Grinnell right there. So same thing with Stewartville. Yeah, so. I'd never been to Grinnell, but I'm looking forward to it here in April. It'll, yeah. be, it'll be a fun time. With <laughs> oh, so you're racing? I'm riding Trans-Iowa this year. Yeah. Oh, yes. Excited. So I'm, I'm figuring it's going to take me a few hours to drive down there, but I'm going to get tons of saddle time, so it's definitely worth showing up for. Absolutely. Um, your ride time should exceed your travel time. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it will. I, yeah. I hope it does, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, speaking of Grinnell and, and Stewartville, are, are you in contact with any of the other people in, in Stewartville as far as, like, Chamber of Commerce or anybody that's in government there? Um, we haven't, we haven't really dealt with government yet. Um, there's a new sheriff in town. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> a new sheriff in town. Yeah. <laughs> the, the sheriff, um, is actually a, a good friend of one of our advisors. And I think next year, um, there will be a little more involvement with the city because of that relationship. That's mm-hmm. my guess. I'm sure it'll be nothing but positive. So, yeah. um, I know the sheriff is actually a, a big cycling advocate, which is wonderful. So, um, well, be sure to share the good things. Yeah, be sure, yeah, sure to sure, share this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because let them know that we're talking about on a, this is a national scale thing right here. We're <laughs> discussing. So, yeah. Well, the, the reason I brought it up, uh, Trenton was because, uh, you know, we reached out to, uh, 
different, you know, Trans Iowa has been around and gone to a few different cities and, and we really didn't in the early days, uh, have very good luck or put a lot of effort into reaching out to the municipalities. I mean, you, you mentioned law enforcement and I had a funny thought was in the early days of Trans Iowa, we actually sent out flyers to all the law enforcement, uh, officials in, in the areas we'd be passing through. And we, we, I think we sent out, you know, probably 20, 25 different notices and we had one response <laughs> and nobody else really cared, you know? And so after that, we were kind of like, we were reaching out and not getting any responses. So we thought, well, okay, fine. You know, we'll just go do it. Anyway, uh, we, we did reach out to uh, the Grinnell people and, and they responded <clears throat> very positively to us. I, I know it's benefited their town. They actually gave us a tourism award, which I thought was really kind of far out, you know? Awesome. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I would encourage you to, you know, uh, don't be afraid to do those kinds of things because they could, you know, result in some real good positive things for you and for the, and for the community. I'm sure, I'm sure Stuartville is getting, uh, positive benefits from it already they just don't realize it you know and kind of and kind of when you kind of slide the paper under their nose and they look at it you know oh wow 400 writers oh where are they staying at oh wow they're staying in this area and where are they eating at oh wow they're eating in town you know so those kinds of things matter to to the the folks that the powers that be let's say and and uh and and they'll respond i think to that I, i think that's true with any of these gravel events you know um you know, all across the nation that it's, it's definitely a tourism thing yeah. and, uh, and it could benefit communities to a large degree. So yeah. I think that's really cool. That's one of the things that I wanted to kind of explore with you today because, you know, we, we knew that you were drawing some fairly big numbers for a, a young event like, uh, like you are. This is just your third time coming up, right? Yeah, this is kind of mind on this end. I don't know, I don't know why, but people seem to, to love the filthy 50. So. Yeah, you can't can't really put your finger on it, huh? You don't really have. <laughs> we, get, we get all kinds of different feedback, and it's it's fun. We get feedback saying, "Wow, that was like the most well organized, well run event I've ever been to." Like when when that happens, I'm like, "Okay, that that feels good." You oh know, yeah. Being like, "That's the most beautiful course," or you know, "That was just the just the right ride," or "That was really fast." I lo- I loved going out and pounding that thing, or whatever. You know, it's mm-hmm. great. You get all kinds of different feedback. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it's just a all around a, a good event. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it like it's really touched a nerve. Now I know Trent and I've been in uh that part of Minnesota, like I mentioned before, and and I've ridden some in some places up there. And it, just to let the listeners know, it's fairly hilly. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, it, there's lots of wood wooded areas. Yep. And it's, you know, you hold, like you mentioned before, you're holding the event at peak fall color time. And, uh, it is really a beautiful part of the country to come to. I mean, a lot of people probably think, well, Minnesota, whatever, land of a thousand lakes, bunch of redneck fishermen. <laughs> but, uh, actually it's a very inspiring place to ride. I would encourage anybody that, uh, you, even if you can't make the filthy 50, if, if you're around in, in Minnesota at any point in time, grab your bike and go for a ride in the country. You'll be amazed. It's really a beautiful area of the country to ride in. Is that part of, are you in the driftless area or not? Uh, not quite. No. no? Okay. 
so people are wondering what the hell is a driftless area. Yeah. Basically, it was a, an area untouched by the glaciers that came down whatever ten thousand years ago, and yep. uh, in southwestern Wisconsin. Or I, yeah, Wisconsin. I want to say it's a little further east. Okay. Okay. Yep. Never mind then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not too far away from there, but no. yeah, it's it's a beautiful area. Even north of there, you know, I've done a I've done the Rolland Ride course before. Uh, just gorgeous areas up there to ride in. So between you know where you're at in Minneapolis, it's it's there's a lot of opportunity there for for a beautiful ride. So um, it, it's just a really neat part of the country to go to. You just don't think of it, you know. I mean, most people would never think of going there right. and doing something like that. I think that's what's unique about it. When you get people, I'm sure you get people out there, Trenton, that, that even locals, they go, "Wow, I didn't even knew this was out here." Yep. You know? I, every year, every year that happens. I can't believe, like, I'm going to, I'm going to go start seeking out more, you know, rural gravel roads. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's right. That's the way to go. I mean, yeah. riding, riding, you know, county highways turns out to be no fun. All of a sudden when you get out there a little more remote on the road, less traveled, you know, it's kind of crazy though. It, I had the same thing with, I put on some rides out in Colorado the last couple of years and people that live on these gravel roads, it's basically between, the, all these roads are basically between Denver and Colorado Springs to the east of I-25. So if anybody has ever been out to that region, you're thinking, oh, it's just the front range, all mountains, whatever. But if you go east of the highway, it's the Great Plains, and there's a ton of gravel roads. But some of these people show up to these rides. When they get done, they say the same thing. I had no idea these were out here, and I live on them. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. the fact of opening up people's minds to just – not having to do the same old thing is a great, great thing. Exactly. Yeah. We all get caught in our, in our routines and our, mm-hmm. our thoughts and it's, it's good to, to give them a different, a different view, a different perspective and hopefully encourages them to go out and, and find that and seek that out on their own in the future. Yeah. So what's the future of all this? I keep calling it the gravel scene. So you get all this feedback and you're reaching these people and they're telling you, you know, I never knew this was here. I'm going to do this all the time and ditch my road bike. So from, from your perspective, what, what are we looking at the next few years? What, do, what do you see these people doing when they walk into a bike shop? What do you see them doing as far as buying the gear? And what would you say to people that are the kind of the doubters that say, Oh, their companies are just marketing this stuff. So people buy it. Right. <laughs> I mean, you don't have, you have, Right. You pull your wallet out. You don't have to buy things. But anyhow, so what do you see it as it stands, you know, if we were having the same conversation a few years from now? You know, I, I, yeah, I guess first off, I'd say be careful. Be careful of calling anything a fad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, look at fat bikes <laughs> right now. <laughs> and, right. and people show up and they ride the filthy 50 on their fat bike just because they love it so much. I mean, it's not like it's. We've had snow either year. It's been gorgeous, but people want to ride their fat bikes because fat bikes are fun. They're a good time. Um, that thing is something that's here to stay, you know, with, with riding gravel. I think it's making people think about, um, bicycle choice. Definitely. Uh, they're not out there on, you know, a, a road bike with, with the skinny tires anymore. It's not an option if they, if they, well, it's an option, but maybe not the best option. If, if you can do anything. Yeah. It's just but a matter people, of yeah. people have done the filthy on 25, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but yeah, you're thinking about your, your bike choice and, and looking to, to get something maybe that is, is more versatile that, Hey, you know, I can ride this on, on the, 
you know, the, the paved, um, city bike trails, or I can take the same bike out, out in the country and, and ride some rural gravel roads, or I can even ride it in a, an event if I want, you know, people are, are starting to maybe think about that a little more, um, versatility of a single bike versus, um, maybe going out and, and, you know, buying a bike for each discipline they choose to participate in. Um, so that's something to think about too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, as far as other, other pieces, I think people are, and maybe this is personal bias because, uh, it seems like I can't spend enough time on my bike, honestly. <laughs> well, a trans Iowa coming up, you should be. Right. Bike I, I, <laughs> you might reevaluate that after that. event. <laughs> but people are thinking about, I think people are thinking about spending more time in the saddle and, and, and that's just because it's, it's an enjoyable thing. It's an enjoyable way to, to see the country, to see life, to see, to, to have experiences, you know? Um, so I guess equipping yourself to, to spend more time doing that, I think is, is the direction, uh, cycling is, is headed. That's, that's my opinion, but. Again, it could be biased because I'm all geared up to ride Trans Iowa. So. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a little biased, but at the same time, you have experience talking to all these people face to face, which a lot of other. My point is, is we have this platform. Mark and I have this platform to talk to all you people that are dealing one on one with all these riders, right? Yeah. So you get a lot of. All you have to do is go to any of the websites, any of the forums, and you see discussion well it's just a fad this and that you guys are just you know you don't know what what the riders think all this stuff from armchair directors right <laughs> yeah. okay. when I, I really like to get the opinion of somebody that does have the experience of sitting down or standing next to this person and talking to the riders face to face so i think you do have some really good insight into what people are thinking what they're talking about so i wouldn't sell yourself short on that experience yeah. Cool. So yeah. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, no, no problem. So you're you're up in Minneapolis, and and there's some, uh, you know, there's a vibrant cycling community going on up there. Uh, do you do you hear any chit chat about gravel events amongst people up there? What's oh, what's the, the take? All the time, most definitely. Um, that's especially this time of year. Uh, spring gravel in Minnesota is, I think, well, that, that's probably the thing that I look forward to the most about, about cycling here is, you know, around the end of December, early January, people really start thinking about, about their goals for next year. And, and the gravel events are the ones that seem to pop up early. Um, Mm -hmm. they seem to pop up in, in, you know, March, April, May, and people get excited, sign up and, and plan on those being like the first, you know, big rides of the year. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a ton of talk, uh, Especially with, you know, I guess the, if we want to call it drama around Almanzo disappearing momentarily and then be, being picked up by the city of Spring Valley. Like that was a big deal to a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of people like to talk about that, that event because it is kind of, um, a staple. It's, it's a, it's an important thing to a lot of people. And it's the reason that a lot of, uh, people choose to ride what they ride. It's a lot of, it's, it's the reason why the Filthy 50 exists or one of the reasons. So, um, it's, it's an important thing. Um, yeah, so people do talk about gravel a lot. They talk about um, the gravel events that currently exist that they're looking to do. They also talk about new gravel, and that's super exciting to hear when when someone says, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm trying to route from 
uh, the northern border border of uh, Minnesota and, and Canada down to to Iowa. Yeah, I saw that. Talking about that, and, and that's that's really really fun to see. And actually, right now we're working on a a point to point two um, that'll be a, a day ride across Minnesota. So it'll it'll start uh, on the South Dakota border and end over on the Wisconsin border, and it'll be a one day shot, wow. about two hundred and twenty miles. So I'm looking forward to to unleashing that. That'll be a a pretty good one. Um, when so, yeah. will we know about that? Um, hopefully soon. We're gonna we're gonna scout that out here. Probably as I don't know, as early as May. Um, but yeah, that'll be a a fun one. I think that'll be full blown next year in in 2016. Uh, there's also another one that we're working on, which is a a hundred mile, really hilly but gorgeous hundred mile down near the city of Lanesboro or the town of Lanesboro, Minnesota. Um, oh, yeah. That's a popular really, destination for people. Yeah, it's it's a really popular cycling destination yep. for different reasons. There there's some really great paved trails between some of the small towns down there. But what a lot of people go down there and, and people that go ride those don't realize is that there's just wonderful gravel. And all around there are just gorgeous bluffs and hills and, and um it just it's really beautiful country down there. So we've got right now a hundred mile route that, that will be will be uh, uh, scoping out here in a, in a few months as well. So there are a couple other events that um, we might end up throwing out there uh, <laughs> in a year or so. So um, stay tuned yeah. to RidingGravel.com, people. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Trenton, you're, you're putting on the Filthy 50, and you're going to do two other ones too? Or I hope you are hope you got a posse to help you out with this well, stuff. It's a lot <laughs> right. of work. <laughs> and, and I, I've got to, again, give a shout-out to my father for this. He's he's, he's the instigator in all this. Yeah. He's like, well, what if we do this? What we do? He is. Um, he's, he's kind of... Uh, uh, gotten excited about this Lanesboro thing. So that's, that's kind of something he's been, been driving and, 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 and rooting for. I'm, I'm really pretty excited about a point to point event, though I realize that, you know, 220 in a day, uh, and the logistics of, of, you know, being dropped off on one side of the state and picked up on the other isn't really appealing to a lot of folks and a lot of folks won't be able yeah. to. It's I'll tell you what, if people are, uh, if there's guys willing to ride, to guitar Ted in the morning to drop off their postcard for <laughs> trans yeah. Iowa, then ride back and go to work. I'm sure there's people that'll get a ride to one side yeah. or the other. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. Yeah. I I'm, I'm looking forward to, to rolling that out and it might just be me and a handful of people doing it. I plan on actually riding that one because I think it'll be small enough where I can. I, mm-hmm. I don't anticipate it being, uh, a largely sought after event, but Hey, who knows? I didn't think, I didn't think we'd have 400 people show up to ride the filthy 50 either. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows what will happen? Yeah. You never know. So that's exciting news. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, yeah. We look forward to getting the details on that in the future, but yeah, uh, share with you gentlemen, as soon as I've, I've got them ironed out. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So we want to mention one more time that we're sponsored by Carbo Rocket. Uh, if you want to get a tub, we're not, we're not Again, going with a bucket. official. Yes. It's a tub. Yeah, it's a tub, tub of their product. Uh, just go ahead and like our Facebook page. If you're already a, a liker of our Facebook page, you are also in 
for the drawing. And uh, we're going to draw for that, what, Monday? Yeah, we'll do correct? it Monday morning. We'll put it out on Facebook. So, yeah, so you have until Sunday night at 11.59 p.m. Right on. Yes. So uh, this is uh, Riding Gravel Radio Ranch, by the way, with Trenton Rager of the Filthy 50. Uh, tell us one more time, Trenton, uh, where we can find more about your race. I'd say the best place to find information about the Filthy 50 is uh, our website, the-filthy-50.com. Right on. All right. Thanks. I'm not going to let you go this easy, though. So okay. <laughs> two questions. Sure. One is I want to know what your bike setup is for Trans Iowa. Just you don't have to get run through all the the packs and stuff. I'm just curious what bike and tires. Um, it's it's a bike that I just picked up. Um, it's a uh, it, and I honestly this is my first carbon bicycle I've ever I've ever purchased. But uh, it's a Felt F4X is the cross bike. Um, uh, it's a yeah, it's a it's a. Great bike. Um, I've, I've got a, a set of, uh, head Ardennes wheels that, uh, Steve gave me on the, the day of the filthy 50 this last year. Um, that I've got, uh, uh, set up tubeless that I'll be, I'll be running. Um, tire choice is, uh, uh, <laughs> this is something everybody I'm sure is gonna exactly. love. That's why I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Kenda Happy Mediums, the 35s, they measure out to be about a 38. Um, yeah. So I'm riding those. Uh, I've, I've been lucky enough to, um, get a little advice from my, from my riding buddy, Charles Parsons, who I know Mark, you know, Charles from, from years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. He's ridden the, the TI many, many a times. Um, he's given me a lot of, of, of hopefully sage advice, or maybe he's leading me astray. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charles, Charles is a good guy. He, uh, he wouldn't lead you astray. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, he's great. And I'm, I'm hoping to, to be able to share some miles with him out there, uh, come April. Yeah, awesome. get in with Charles and he'll drive you to the finish. He's a, he's a good, he's a good leader of people. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. So the, yeah, yeah. the second, the second question before we leave you is, so I'm going to be out in Minnesota, uh, beginning of February for putting on the fat bike frozen 40. And then I'm yes. going to be sticking around for frost bike and Trenton and I are going to get together for beer. Yes, we and, are. So <laughs> I want listeners to know what, uh, what would be your beer of choice when we sit down? When, when we sit down? Yes. Oh boy. Um, Am I now? Am I in charge of introducing you to to um, local beer here, or can I just pick anything? No, whatever you would drink. So whatever, what would be your favorite? Say the kids are asleep, your wife's asleep, and now you have time <laughs> by yourself. What are you gonna What are you gonna have for beer? Well, my favorite beer is Scotch, actually. All but, right, I'm kidding. Um, you know, in February, if we were to sit down, um, I you know I might go with a. Uh, a Fulton worthy adversary. There you I've go. Been, Minnesota they, beer even. That's a good one. Yeah. You know, they, they make a good, a good, uh, uh, Russian Imperial. I dig it. There yeah. you go. So yeah. listeners, now you know his bike, what kind of beer, you know, he has kids, <laughs> a wife, a great family, great dad. So thank you very oh, much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. you very much. Thanks for being on trend. We awesome. really appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it. Me. And yeah. listeners, just a reminder, head over to ridinggravel.com. To get, we have news and reviews. There's a forum there that has 600 and some people on there already. Constant conversation. And if you're listening to the, I just want to do a reminder too for everyone that's listening to this and you're wondering, Hey, I know it's on the website, but where can I get it on my phone? 
So this is hosted, the Riding Gravel Radio Ranch is hosted on Mountain Bike Radio. So mountainbikeradio.com gets you all the information. But all you have to do is go to whatever phone you have, either iOS, Android, Windows, and go to the App Store, type in Mountain Bike Radio. It'll bring up the app. Or you can go to iTunes, same thing, type in Mountain Bike Radio. Stitcher, same thing, go to type in Mountain Bike Radio. That'll bring it up. And you're wondering, once you get the app, you're wondering, hey, I just want to listen to Riding Gravel Radio Ranch, and I don't want, I'm not interested in all the other 15 different shows with all the great information, by the way. Um, <laughs> you can go, there's a little search box, a little search box. Type in Riding Gravel, and it'll bring up all the Riding Gravel Radio Ranch shows right there in a list. Done. So that's it. There you go. I just wanted to remind people, that's how you listen if you want to do that. So, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm done. So thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, once again, thanks, Trevor, for being on with us, and uh, good luck with the uh, Filthy 50 and your other projects, which we're excited to hear about in the future. You did it again. You called yes. Me. We're, so, trend. listeners, we're, uh, <laughs> listeners, we're trying to get Guitar Ted. Is, uh, we did a little re- – I should have kept it, actually. At the, that would have been gold. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. So – we can, I think we can you, have outtakes. Right, exactly. I think we did it right and everything else. I think you oh, yeah. did spot on. But Trenton, sorry yes. about that. No worries. <laughs> so, right. and we're going to keep all of this in there just so listeners, you know that we're real people. This is not yeah. robots I'm, doing no. this. So. <laughs> no hey, you know, if you listen, the, the thing is, I, I listen, obviously listen to a ton of podcasts and um, being the person who puts together Mountain Bike Radio. And a lot of times people don't, people start up these podcasts. So listeners, you're getting the inside scoop here, right? So if you hung around to the Riding Gravel Radio Ranch with Trenton and Guitar Ted, you're getting the inside scoop. So if you listen to enough podcasts, you start to see the new ones pop up and they feel the, the people doing the shows, they feel real, uh, like they have a script, not even a script, but they feel like they need to follow this certain platform that everyone else is doing. And it's really nice and refreshing when you have some different content that the people are natural. They know what they're, you know, they, they feel confident on the air. So that's why I like in trend. We have to do this more because when you get on and you talk, it's very clear that you're, if somebody were to sit down with you and have a conversation and have a beer that you could actually talk to them face to face. So, so this is me riffing here. So I hope, I hope it, it makes sense. Yeah, it, oh, it yeah. totally does. Totally. And, and I, I just hope listeners appreciate that. Uh, you know, if we sit down with somebody like you that has a lot of great insight and we've had Jim Cummins on Gary Mendenhall, they both, both the same way. Uh, and, uh, Bobby Wintle as well was the first episode, oh, yeah. but he was, we spent two hours talking to him, but I just want, my point is I want listeners to appreciate the fact that, um, you know, you took a time, an hour to sit down and just talk and, uh, share everything. And that's a big deal. So, yep. all right. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys. I am now done off my soapbox of podcasting <laughs> and all this stuff, but, uh, so I'll, we'll wrap this up, but, um, listeners, I really appreciate you coming back. I, you know, it's been really great starting up this riding gravel radio ranch with guitar Ted. He's a lot of times he, I think the first episode I kind of took the lead, but he's been doing a great job with this. And he, uh, he does a lot of things during the podcast that I don't like pausing to thank somebody for sharing something. I, I tend to just keep, you know, going through it. So <laughs> thank you guitar Ted. I appreciate it. Right. Appreciate yeah, it. I guess so. Yeah. 
So listeners, I'm looking forward I, to our beers in, in February and yeah, yep, Mark, yes. I'm looking forward to, uh, to beating you in, in April down in Grinnell. Yeah. I, I don't know uh, how things will shake out, but I'm going to be up there for frostbite too. So oh. there might be a chance that we might run across each other up there too. But, uh, yeah, definitely cool. for sure. Cool. cool. So sit down and have a beer somewhere. I like beer. Uh, <laughs> beer is good. <laughs> so there you go. So guitar Ted, you want to wrap it up? Absolutely. So, uh, Trenton, thank you for being, <laughs> I got your name right that time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, this is the Writing Gravel Radio Ranch sponsored by Carbo Rocket. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>